Welcome to the My Age Podcast, a podcast that brings you conversations with people from all walks of life using music to plot a cause from their early years to how they got to where they are now. How you holding? Episode 59, We're getting to that pointy end of the year, you know. Look, if it's your 59th time coming back, welcome. Really appreciate you being here. Um, really appreciate your patronage. Really appreciate you taking the time because, look, there's a million other things you could probably be doing right now. I really appreciate the time of you hanging out and doing the damn thing with me. If it's your first time here, welcome. Go check some other episodes out. Got a fucking huge episode coming out at the end of the month, so, you know, hit that subscribe button. I hate saying that, but, you know, subscribe to the damn thing. There's a fucking banger episode coming out the last week in November, which will be the last episode of the year before I do what, you know, my top 10s of the year, which I do every year in December. Um, Facebook, My Age Podcast, Instagram, My Age Podcast. Follow the damn thing, do the damn thing. If you think this episode's worth a dollar, Go to paypal.me slash myagepodcast and just slide us a buck. Like, it's always going to be free, but it always also helps. So, you know, let's do this damn thing. Um, so, My Age Podcast is brought to you every every episode by Gringo Bandito. World's greatest hot sauce. Hey, hold them. You agree with me? You know you do, because we're, we're both right in this one. And if you disagree, then I can't help you. There's no, there's no saving you. Like, maybe go buy a bottle. Even if you don't, even if you do like it, you should go buy a bottle. Uh, where do you buy a bottle? You ask. It's a simple one. Uh, in Australia, you can go to blastoffimports.com, and there's all the variations there, all four sources, all four flavors. Um, you can get it on eBay in Australia, and if you're in North America, you can go to gringobandito.com, or you can just go straight to Amazon if you're that way inclined. I'd, you know, I'm not going to tell you how to do it. I just think you should do it. That's just how I think you should roll. Uh, we are part of the Podbelly Network. You've got a podcast idea, right? <clears throat> You've been stewing on it for the last few months because, you know, you've got nothing better to do with your time. Um, but you're not sure how to get it, you know, from your ears to the... Your, your ears. But you're not sure how to get it from your brain via your mouth to the listeners, the potential listeners out there's ears. What you need to go, do is go to uh, podbelly.com uh, you'll find a whole bunch of information, tutorials and that kind of thing just on uh, how to get those ideas out there, the best pra- ways and practices, microphones to use, software to use, interfaces to use, uh, hosting companies to use, all that kind of jazz, um, some marketing tips and that kind of thing. You know, just to get the damn thing out there, make it happen because you should be making it happen. Just make, don't, don't, look, don't do it right now, but when this episode is finished, it's a fucking belter of an episode. When it's finished... You need to go to podbelly.com. Go check out all that shit. You'll love it. It's a treat. So my guest today, Jason Hall, singer slash songwriter, uh, front person of the band Western Addiction. They've had a they've had a new album that came out earlier this year called Frail Bray. It is a fucking banger. Um, if you're just into good aggressive hardcore punk, that's that's not left of the center, but like it kind of tries to expand on the concept of what hardcore punk is um clever fucking clever lyrics really 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 good lyrics and just great jams um well delivered the newest as i said the newest album for our bray it's out on fat records you can check it out everywhere that you would check out new fat record stuff Alrighty, so before we get into the podcast let's uh talk about some new music that that is fresh for your ears uh from a couple of bands one from melbourne melbourne bands called bitter lakes it features my dude Brendan from Mary Jane Kelly. Um, they've got a 
a four track digital EP coming out. Oh, it's actually out now. Um, you can get it at bitterlakes.bandcamp.com. Also, they've got a cassette which you can get of said said EP, Untitled EP. Um, six bucks from Team Glasses Records up in sunny Brisbane. The EP is out now and available to buy. You can find it at bitterlakes.bandcamp.com. You can find them at bitterlakes at the social medias like Instagram and Facebook. That's that other one. So I hope you did that. Emotional, emotional rock and roll. Um, and the second, the second band we've got is a band called The Slime from Toronto, Canada. Um, the song is called, the single is called "The Day the Earth Stood Still," uh, which is from an upcoming EP, which is actually due out in December, called "Coming Soon to an Alley Near You." Uh, you can find them at theslime.hardcore.com. Um, you can check out some other shit that they've got at theslimehardcore.bandcamp.com or, you know, the trusty Instagram, the Slime Hardcore, and also the Slime Hardcore at, on Facebook. Cool. The Slime, the day the earth stood still, Bitter Lakes, the Bitter Lakes track we're going to go for is called Destructive Summer. Um, and then after that, Jason Hall from Western Addiction. Cool. Enjoy.
it's getting colder, getting colder. I spent summers worth of forgetting, but I will remember it all this time. Remember it all, remember it all, remember it all, remember it all. with me today i've got jason hall from western addiction um i'm gonna get it off my chest right now one of the great one of my favorite albums of 2020 um all right it just it ticks all it ticks a lot of boxes <laughs> for me itches were scratched it's fantastic mate how are you thank you thanks so much i'm okay all righty thank okay. you very much for checking it out hope you had a great um, time away this um, week, so that's pretty good that's good to hear how you're not you're not in any kind of serious danger are you from where you are we're not, but there was a fire. Um, it's about 45 minutes away um, in Point Reyes area. It's, it's a little bit up north um, yeah. along the coast, um, but the smoke's strong. Like on Monday morning, or maybe it was last week, we woke up and it was just orange. Yeah, right. It was like nighttime. It was like midnight at, you know, 11 a.m. And uh, the, like my cats were all tripped out and everything was just off. We're okay. There is fire season here every year. Yep. Um, a few years ago in 2018, though, my my hometown burned down, though. Okay. So I'm kind of like uh, I have it on the radar a little bit. Um, that was that so, was the big ones, like the like I guess the big ones in LA, like all, well, all up and down yeah. the west coast. But that was yeah when it got really really close to LA. Yeah, and I grew up in like a really small mountain town, okay. and they were talking about my town on like. New York Times and NPR, and yeah. it was mind blowing, you yeah. know, like showing pictures of of people walking around my town. I'm like, this is crazy, you know, <laughs> um, pretty wild. Yeah, understandably. Oh, good to hear you safe. Yeah, and the cats are the cats are chilled. 
the cats have relaxed. Good. That's good. That's a, that's a plus. That's a plus. <laughs> so we've kind of, before we hit record, we kind of spoke about how this all plays out. So, yeah. you know, let's let's start it off. Let's take it back to the early days. Tell us about your parents and kind of, I guess, how they kind of interacted with music. Um. Well, my dad really does. I, I feel like there's like five people in the world that have that have guided kind of like my my musical journey or whatever. And yeah. my dad is definitely one of them. Oh, good. Um, I remember him having LPs. I actually have all his old LPs. Um, the one I remember the most is this ZZ Top one. And you and you open the gatefold, and there's this gigantic Mexican dinner. Okay. It, it's insane looking, and I remember looking at that. And I'm like, this is kind of weird. Um, but he just all, like, he really likes the blues and he, you know, played tapes all the time. And then he actually gave me my first guitar. Um, he came home from work. He, he, he's a truck driver and, and he bought it off one of the guys at the, the, the dock, you know, where they were unloading yep. and he just popped it in my hand. He goes, check this out. I got this. You're doing this. And I was <laughs> Fantastic. Like, but based, okay. based on any kind of like interest previous, you never mentioned it or he just buys a lot of weird stuff. Yeah. And so it it was just the benefit of him buying one of those weird things, you yeah. know. He got me like this little amp and my my and my guitar. I mean, I liked music, but not not in the way that they were like, we got to get this guy a guitar, you know. Yep. Um. So he he really likes music a lot, and so I I and he loves the band, like loves Western Addiction. It's really cool, Good. actually. Good. He's always like, you got to ship me up some more CDs. I'm like, where are the ones I gave you? <laughs> And he's like, oh, I, I gave those out, man. You no. got to send more. Yeah. <laughs> so at least he talks about it. Yeah. Um, and he's he's in like, um, it's like the old timers um, motorcycle group where you okay. the guys, they build vintage British bikes and they race them, you know, just like um, any kind of BSA Indian um, Triumph, like okay. those kind of bikes, he rebuilds them. And one of the dudes in his racing group is one of the guys from that band, Presidents of the United States of America. Remember in them? He, yeah, yeah, in a, yeah. In a big way. <laughs> so he's, so he's mates with them. This is amazing. He's always telling me, he's like, you know this, you know the band that sings Peaches? I'm yeah. like, yeah, Dad, I do know that band, man. Kitty, and he's like, June Buggy, he, the whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he, he's a, so I think he gave him one of those CDs, and that guy sounds pretty nice. Um, but anyways, uh, so <laughs> he good. loves, it's so weird, right? Yeah. He loves rock and roll and he's, he loves Western addiction. He comes to our shows all the time. And a couple of times I'm like, dad, you gotta be in the back, like yeah. stay in the back. And he's like, I won't bother you, buddy. I'm, I'm just going to, you know, and sure enough, right in the middle, you know, yep. like there's been a couple of times when I've been climbing on people and my dad was one of the people that held me up, you know, <laughs> um, that's not something that everybody can say. No, it's pretty cool yeah. actually. He, I mean, he's pretty supportive. He was like a little funny when we went to Europe for the first time. Okay. And I'm, I was like, Dad, I'm going on this big tour. I mean, we've never been on tour. It's pretty cool. He's like, God, oh, I don't know. You should be careful. I'm like, yeah, I'll be careful. But it goes with that side. Cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, he, and then my mom likes music a lot too. She, I mean, her favorite band is the Bee Gees. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Take um, it. But so she, so she understands um, sort of what we do. Actually, the first time she ever saw us play, we played this big outdoor festival um, for Fat Records' um, 25th anniversary show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was like on a street, and you know there was tons of people there. And my mom watched us, and she's like, that, that, was, that was pretty good, but th- This feels like a real show. They had security guards and everything. <laughs> and I was like, 
what did you think I was doing? You know? And she, she goes, you guys were pretty good, but you know, who was really good is those swinging udders. Well, (laughs) mom's got taste. taste. What are you going to (laughs) do? It makes sense too. Cause their songs are, you know, they're more structured and and they're fun and, you know, poppy. And I told the dudes in the udders too. I'm like, guess, guess what my mom's favorite band was today. You guys, not me, yeah, <laughs> not not old. Your son not, screaming. Yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah. So they're so they're pretty um supportive of of what I do. I don't know if they were so excited when I when I finished college and when I finished college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was like, I'm going to move to San Francisco, and uh, I like rock and roll, so I'm going to try rock and roll, which sounds crazy. So I worked at a, I worked at Fat, yep. the record label. And I interned at um, Live 105. It's like the biggest commercial station in San Francisco. I was like one of those um, kids that passes out um, stickers, you know, okay. at concerts. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they were, they they were like, "This is a little trippy," you know. Like, I mean, the interview process to be an intern at Fat was just amazing. It was I, so I can, casual. Like, you can like I can only imagine the amount of applicants they get. Every, you know that it'd only oh. be outshined by the amount of demos that gets sent to them oh the demos yeah. are amazing <laughs> we even had bands like come and like you know try to play on the street for us yeah um when i went to go um if this is too boring you no, should no, stop no 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 not at all dude <laughs> I, went to- before we go on like yeah we're, like i am in a, in a world that how do i put this in a world that kind of looks at fat in their review mirror or is like, are they still going kind of thing? Like, like hard on my sleeve, still get excited whenever a new aggressive fat record album comes out. When no effects tour or when a fat band tours, I still get like, I mean, it hasn't been, it's been very few and far between of late, but like when that happens, it's, I get so excited. So like, don't think you're boring me with how the sausage right. is made at Fat Records. Do not think you're boring me. <laughs> Actually, the first time we went to Europe in 2015, like, I mean, I worked at Fat for 11 years. Yep. All my best friends, are, they still work there. They're, I mean, Vanessa, who set up the interview, she's like one of my, she's my lifetime friend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when her and her um, guy come and stay, they stay at our house. Yep. It's like, so... I'm well versed in the world. When we went to Europe for the first time, it blew my mind how big Fat Records was, and I was like, "What is happening?" Because I'm sure you've been after the punk show. They have they either have punk dance party um, or like disco party. You know, like where like club people come in and then the punk people come out, or the punk people and the disco people dance. Yep. And man, it is like no effects. Pennywise, Offspring, Rancid. Uh, rise against and then repeat it and i was just like what is happening <laughs> like what world is this yeah. and people were we played in this town on the um the, the east coast of italy and this band opened up for us and they played like four no use for name covers just in their set just cause just in their set yeah. part of it and they played this one song um it's called sarah fisher and it's yeah. about she she used to work a fat with me she's one of my pals and I texted her. I'm like, you're not going to believe this, but there are like four Italians playing your song right now in Italy. That's wild. That's so uh, wild. <laughs> um, but going back to when I got, when I interned at sorry, Fat before you go on, Sorry, before you go on. Yeah. You said you moved to San Francisco. Where did you, where you, like you grew up on the West Coast, but whereabouts? I grew up, um, well, I was born actually in the East Bay, which is near San Francisco. Yep. And then I left here when I was four years old. 
and I moved to Northern California to a town called Paradise. Okay. Um, it's really small. Um, it's the exact opposite of what the word is telling you in yeah, your mind right Yeah, I was about right to say, I, I feel like yeah. it doesn't live up to its name. It's, it's, it's like, not. Yeah. <laughs> and when I, when I finished college, I went to school up there too. Um, I, I moved back to San Francisco and, you know, lived around the Bay Area and in San Francisco until I, I met my wife. And then I moved up to, to the North Bay yep. um, uh, above San Francisco. But yep. San Francisco has changed so much. It's like I, you wouldn't even re- I wouldn't recognize the city from when I started. It's so yeah. weird, you know. Yeah. I guess like have you got a song that kind of sums up that kind of when you hear it just it's, it's like this is my parents. This is their music. This is their jam. Yeah, I do. One song that reminds me of my dad all the time. I mean, my mom, there's like a million BG songs, but we don't need to do that. Yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but I don't, if you, I'm old enough to a point to where I listen to music differently and I listen to the Bee Gees and they're, I mean, they're world famous and they they did some things right, you know? Yeah. But anyways, yeah. the song that reminds me of my dad is called Can't You See by Marshall Tucker. It's called the Marshall Tucker Band. Have okay. you ever heard it? Never, never. What's it what, <laughs> What's it like? What's it like? What kind of, is it? It sounds it's country. Like a, if you're going to call yourself the the something band and name it after yourself, <laughs> I'm going to assume you're a country act. It's sort of like a southern rock kind of song, like Almond Brothers, okay, yep. um, like um, Leonard Skinner style. Yep. Okay. But the 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 reason that it's trippy is because my dad had the LP, and there's a flute solo in it. Of course, there and is. The, <laughs> of course, there is. And like southern rock with like this flute solo, like it is burned in my brain, you know. Sorry, that's no. Let's do it. It's true. Once you play it, you'll you'll go. Oh, I might have heard that song, but it, that's the one that reminds me of my dad the most. Yeah.
So you moved up to you moved to paradise, quote unquote paradise, when you were four. Was it for just a change of scenery, or like someone got employment up there, or like why did you leave um, the Bay uh, Area? My grandparents lived up there, okay, um, and a lot of my cousins lived up there. And actually, my my little daughter now she makes a joke that I didn't have any friends when I grew up. I only had my cousins, and it was kind of true. Like. Yeah. 15 of my cousins lived there and we all would all hang out. We were all kind of like staggered in the grades. Yep. Um, and uh, my, my grandpa and my grandma lived up there and, and my mom had always been close with her dad. And my, it was just kind of like the place where my whole family was. It's, it's stunning. Now my wife's always like of all the places we could have went in the world, like you guys all ended up in this weird little mountain town. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. It just yeah. happened. Um, yeah. Wild. So, and then, uh, like, what were you doing? Like, like, was it a, how do I put this? Was it like a, was it off the beaten path or was it like, you know, was it a town off a freeway or what was it? It's what, a little, what did people do up there? Yeah, what did they do? Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> you know, what, what did kids, do kids do right? Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, yeah. But what, like, when you were growing up, like, what was your my parents' occupation to be able to live in a small town kind of there, I um, guess? My dad was a truck driver, so oh, that's he right. would, you mention that. Yeah, so yeah. he he would go down to um, the closest big city is a city called Chico, um, and my mom always worked at a hospital. Okay, um, and uh, what's trippy is my hometown burned down, you know, like two years ago or yep. in twenty eighteen, and there's all these documentaries about it, and my mom's work is on there. It's kind of crazy. Like when I saw the documentary, it's like there's my mom's work. There's where she parked her car. Um, but, but in terms of what people do up there, I mean, it's just like a small mountain town. There's like lots of, you know, blue collar workers and, um, 
it's pretty red state, like pretty conservative. I mean, in fact, when I moved to San Francisco, it was the best thing for me. My entire mindset turned around and opened up in a, in a great way. Whereas like, man, it's not that I just think you're kind of stuck or you're kind of stunted when you're there. And I'm not, it's not a criticism of anyone. It's just when you're in a city you are forced to be near people that have different ideas than you. Absolutely. You're forced to get along. So when I first moved to San Francisco and I had to work when I worked for Live 105 and I had to park our, you know, the the promotional van like on Market Street and there are just crazy dudes trying to get in the van or go to the bathroom on it. I was yeah. like, what is going on? <laughs> like, I'm not ready for this, you know? Yeah. But it was it was really good for me to kind of like now it's important. I, I think I'm just such a more open-minded person because I moved down here, you know. Yeah, fantastic. So the you get you get yourself a guitar at a young age. What is the first thing that kind of what do you what do you gravitate to musically? Um, I've talked about this before. Like I've never had like I never had like this really great taste to where I can look back and go, I was like in this band, this band, this band, and I was dressing cool. None of that happened. You know what? The the reality is no one did. (laughs) I don't know. There's some people that that talk about all the cool records they had. I'm like, I don't know, man. It's revisionist history. I thought Weird Al was pretty hardcore, you know, like, (laughs) but but so, so, I mean, I, I went from like, I mean, I listened to like my my like Star Wars record when I was a kid okay. to to Weird Al to hair metal was really big when I was a kid, and uh, all these things were just kind of a path to like harder rock. Do you yep. know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. but I just wasn't intelligent enough, or I didn't understand it enough to get to the good stuff. Yeah, so I was just like, this sounds this sounds kind of cool, like heavy, and uh, you know, but I didn't know that you know, poison's not cool, you know, but I was like, this sounds like rock and roll. I, I like rock and roll. But, and with, it just- but, but with no, um, with no pointers, no one kind of showing the way, if you like, I'm, you know, I'm going to assume you probably had access to MTV or something. You watch a, yeah, you watch a poison film clip and you're, you know, under 10, it's fucking mind blowing. Yeah, it like, is mind blowing. It's mind blowing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did, we did have, um, MTV and 100, 120 minutes, and I would yep. always watch Headbangers Ball. Yep. Um, if I was like out in town, I'm like, I gotta go. Headbangers Ball's on, you know. Yep. Um, or I would always call into radio shows, and you know, like on Sunday nights when they have the weird show where yep. it's like the weird bands. Yeah. I'd yeah. always win the packages too because I was like, damn, I won again. It's Dude. probably because I was the only one listening, you know. Dude, um, we are kindred spirits with that one. We are, <laughs> but, yeah. But there, so there were times when I was like. <clears throat> Like the first time I did see Nirvana on a 120 minutes, I was like, I don't know what this is, but I like it. This is cool. And I went to school the next day. I'm like, I saw this band. I don't even know what they are, but it was pretty cool. Have you heard of them? And they're like, no, I've not heard of them. But it was kind of like a way I was intuitively trying to find rock and roll, but I wasn't tuned in and I wasn't cool. So it took a long time. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So can I ask what year you were born? Maybe. Yeah, if it's not too forward, <laughs> I'm no spring chicken. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's fair enough. Look, nor, nor am I. <laughs> a couple times at a show, like um, we played Slims, and after the show, I'm like rolling up my cords and stuff. Yep. And there's been a couple people, like this one, like this one woman. She's probably like you know 21. She's like, "How old are you?" And I go, "How old do you think I am, ma'am?" And she goes, 
maybe you're like 29 or something. I was like, you bless you. Yeah. Bless you, man. Like Mate, <clears throat> see this, see this beard. This is yeah. about three days growth. <laughs> like I'm 30, I'm nearly 39. So I'm born in 81. You're looking good. Yeah. And like, I get, I get like late twenties all the time. It's like, yeah. Nice. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, so. I don't get that anymore. Right, so okay. <laughs> bad for me. Yeah. But, but I mean, you can put it in the pocket. Like Nirvana was happening. Nevermind was happening when I was yep. like 18, you know, 18. Okay. Like, fair enough. So it was like right in there. And then when I graduated from high school, I, I, I was a DJ at my college radio station. Yep. Um, which is, which is weird for me. And I know I'm in a band, but I'm not an extrovert. I'm not like, I've never needed to be on stage and catch applause. Yep. So these kind of things have forced me to do it. Even being a singer in a rock and roll band, like that is something I would have never in a million years thought that I would do, or did I dream about or want to do? Yeah. Can't wait. So music kind of pushed me into these things that I'm like, I don't know if I should do this, but my body's doing it. Here I go. You know? So what what was the, um, I guess what was the, the release or the song or the album that made you kind of click to music was more than just a TV jingle or an ad jingle or, you know, that kind of thing. Was there something you can kind of pinpoint musically that kind of set you off in a different direction or in a I mean, path? There, or, yeah. yeah what I do remember people ask me like, when did you first get into punk? Yeah. And I know that's a funny question, but when I was a, when I was a kid, you know, we'd, we, we, we'd try to find the dirtiest music we could find. Okay. And so that was either like NWA. Yep or two live crew, or just horrible. If if you listen to that stuff now, some of it is so insane. Yeah. Like, I would never let my kids listen to it. You know, like, talking about kicking babies out of people's stomachs and stuff. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. But I was down, you know. I was like, this is gross. I want to hear more. Yep. So I heard that. And some of the punk songs had some bad stuff. Um, do you know this band? They're called Dr. No. I, I know of, yeah, yeah, I know of. They're them. like an old Nardcore, Nardcore band, band yeah. from the 80s. Yep. They had this band about a fist and doing something with a fist. Right. And it was the dirtiest song I'd ever heard. And I'm like, I cannot believe this is legal. And so we would listen to it all the time. And, you know, we play basketball and skateboard. And and uh, and so that is how I got kind of got into punk. And one of my older brother, my one of my um, one of my best friends' older brother was like a true punk, like the only punk in paradise. Yeah, like a real punk, just like you'd see in like Repo Man or something. Yep. And and I didn't understand what he was doing, but I would hear the music coming from his room, and we would we would sing it and make fun of it. And he goes, "If you sing the song wrong one more time, I'm going to kick your asses." And he would. Yeah. He, he would. You know, he would chase he us all around, and we're singing his songs, yelling at him. You know, that was kind of like my first exposure to punk. But then after that, it was like Nirvana, Guns N' Roses. Um, I mean, I saw Nirvana in concert. I saw Guns N' Roses in concert. Wow. And, and after that, it kind of like took off to like Pixies. And I actually, we cleaned out our old cassette tapes um, a few weeks ago. And I have all these mixed mix tapes. And I usually think like my musical past, I'm a total bonehead. But it's like, there's some okay stuff on here. Yeah. Like I'm pretty. It's age well. My wife, her her childhood tapes too. She has a ripping tape collection, like Black Flag Descendants, all this great stuff, and it, and it's kind of cool. And and uh, there's a bunch of cassette releases now, you know. Um, and I like black metal a lot, so I got a little cassette player again. Yep. yep, yep. Um, and so it's kind of cool. I like pop in one of these old cassettes, and it's totally like nostalgic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they. I'm sure the the quality of a tape from the 80s doesn't hold up too well. 
in 2020. It, it doesn't, but if you listen to black metal, part of the aesthetic is for it to be like horrible yeah, sounding horrible. sometimes. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. And so you're like, this sounds kind of good. The like, gnarlier, sounds like- the, gnarlier yeah. the better. Yeah. 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 So have you got a song from those days, from the early days? Can we play the Dr. No song? No, or is it dude, no, no, it's your call. Yeah, let's do it. What, okay. What's it called? We don't, Fist like- F. Oh, cool. It's, it's pretty spray. dirty. Yeah. If you need to not play that, you can play something else. We, I mean, we also listen to like Dead Kennedys and Vandals too, but that song is a song that is in my mind going, I can't believe this is legal and I can't believe this is so filthy, you know? If you're listening to a song called Fist Fuck and in, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s in a, in a small red state town, yeah, what the fuck were your parents thinking? Like, as in, like, were they, were they kind of encouraging it because, hey, he's doing his own thing or were they, you know, like, what the fuck is he doing or, like, how did they vibe? <laughs> or did you just hide it from them like every other kid? I hit it. Yeah, yeah. I hit it. They did not know about that. But – Thinking that now that I'm a parent, I like watch what my kid takes in and you got to kind of watch if there's stuff online, you know? Yeah. Um, but man, I was watching like Porky's and all these just messed up movies. And if I had to show like my my daughter Porky's right now, yeah. it would blow her mind. They, and I was like, I shouldn't have watched this. Yeah, that couldn't be released it, these it, days. Yeah. It, it could not. Even there's like some old movies where she's like running out of movies and we're like, you want to try this movie? And we watch it and like, nope, this yeah. is not. Shut it like, down. Even like 16 Candles is like racist and there's just like a different lens for all this stuff, what you was, know? Some, I, I heard someone talking about a movie just recently and it's you probably jump straight on it, but 
there was a a rape. There was literally, and it's part of. The, I feel like it's part of that. Um, John Hughes. Yeah, John Hughes can yeah. where some guys trick a girl into sleeping with them. But then they they tag team out and they send some other guys in and like it's all <laughs> like the nerdy guys is like that yeah. too. You're like this is so it's, messed up. Yeah, what? Yeah, like I don't know. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, it's weird to say that. Like, there was a time when that was common, yeah. but you know, thirty, forty yeah. years later, here we are. Yeah, it's insane. Having daughters really like I I only have brothers, you know, but yeah. having daughters really opened my mind, and all the ladies I live with are you know, total crushers. So they're like strong and they've taught me a lot about how to not be such a dumbass. Yeah. That's, that's thankful good, for good that. Good to have that kind of guidance. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. Like how does, how does you know, your, was it your friend's older brother, the only punk in paradise? How does he yeah. get his music? And then how does it then trickle to you? Because I'm going to guess it's, it's well before an age of, you know, obviously well before an age of online shopping, but like, Record stores aren't everywhere, and even if they are, like, you like, uh, you know, was it mail order or was it like, how was he getting stuff? And the, probably yeah, mail the, order. Yeah, okay. Th- there was one other punk too, and it was his friend. It was this right. guy named Ted Shred. So him and Ted Fantastic. Shred. Uh, That's such a uh, good name. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, there was a record store in Chico's Tower Records. Okay. Um, like the Tower Records. Ha- yeah, they like, have them in Japan still yeah. now, but not. I don't know if they have them where you live anymore, no, but they're no. not here. Yeah. Yeah. And so Tower Records was like the place where you would go to, um, you know, I used to go there every Tuesday with my money and wait, you know, for whatever I was going to get. Yep. And when you had to buy concert tickets, that's where it was. We, we were driving through there a while ago to visit my parents a couple of years ago. And I was telling, I was like, Oh, there's where I bought concert tickets. They're like, what are you doing? What, why did you go to it? Why did you wait at a store? I'm yeah, like, oh, there's this the booth. Yeah. You got to go wait in the booth. And the, yeah. the kids will never understand. Like, I'm, I'm sure you probably, I'm sure you've done it. But like, you know, when I was late teens, three or four times a year, I was sleeping out outside a shop that yeah. sold tickets, like, or getting there at 2 a.m. and just waiting until they opened at nine because you didn't want, you had to have dance floor. You couldn't have the seated ones, but like to see, the red hot chili peppers or Metallica yeah. or whatever. Like, yeah, the kids these days don't know, you know, that's, yeah. it's a lost yeah. art. Yeah. <laughs> lost art waiting around in yeah. a parking lot to yeah. go into something. <laughs> in so, yeah. In freezing conditions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're, you you were going to tower records. That was kind Probably. of. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. We, I did mail order too a little bit. Like, um, when I got the fat comps, you know, we would order and my brother would also order from, uh, AK press, you know, okay. they write yep. about it in all the propaganda records yep. that my parents were kind of like a little bit like tripped out. My brother has like all this crazy subversive literature coming to our house and they're like, what's this about you know, <laughs> yeah. the red scare. I'm yeah. like, Oh, it's just, it's a music thing. Don't worry about it. But, um, <laughs> I mean, propaganda taught me, you know, how to be like a proper man, you know? Yeah. Um, and the politics of it, <clears throat> um, and so I just I, we just learned from them and went outwards from there, you know. Yeah. So still still dabbling with guitar all through these years, or did it? Yeah, I to... play a little. I took some lessons. Yep. But um, just kind of fooled around a little bit. I was never like, I was never. I didn't practice enough, or I, I, it wasn't like a thing. Like I wish, like I wish my parents would have said, "You got to practice." Yeah. I mean, like 
I am badass at Nintendo baseball, but eh, can't do that now yeah, for yeah. an adult. Like I wish, like I tell my daughter, I'm like, listen, you're going to, you hate my guts right now, but play this thing. Yeah. She plays violin. Okay. I'm like, trust me, you're not going to want to look back and go, I was awesome at TikTok, you know, like yeah. you, like I want to, I was awesome at violin. So she's better at, about it, but no one was really like showing me like, don't blow your future, you know? Yeah. It's it's such an it's such a adult, like it's such a dad thing to say, but when you're at the other end of it, you're just like, this makes this, like I've just I've seen it come and go, and yeah, like yeah, you know, Grand Theft Auto or Fortnite, Fortnite, like yeah. it'll be yeah. gone soon. There'll be it's something gone. else, that, and and on top of that, there'll be some younger kid who's way better than you because they've got way more yeah. time. So just invent, yes. yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. So yeah, so I I mean I played it lo- loosely. But I was very heavily involved in show, you know, like our radio station would put on shows. Um, when I went to college too, I I felt like I'm not saying this like I was an outcast, but I was like, there's like it's kind of like a sporto jock party school, you know? Yep. And I was like, I don't really fit with these people. But then the radio station people, I was like, I kind of fit with these people. And I knew I knew I fit with them when we went out for drinks one night after we DJed some frat party or something. Yep. Um, Cause they would hire the radio station. Okay. Well, wow. um, and, and the, the, like these horrible dudes are like, play this. You don't know anything about music. I was like, Oh my gosh, what is this? But we went out for beers after with the radio station people. And they were arguing about whether Slayer was a punk band or a metal band. And I was like, I like, I like this. I like what these people are talking about. This makes me feel normal. Yeah. And so that kind of started my path into um, – I just wasn't smart enough to get into the right places. I just kind of had to like late bloomer yeah. stumble into it. Like what do you think – when you think of your music as as an 18-year-old you know, eighteen year old, going to college and living that life, have you got a kind of song that sums up that part of your time – that part of your life? I do think of Nirvana and okay. I know that's cliche, but I, I just happened to live through one of the best – most life-changing pockets of music. Yeah. And I know kind of every generation says that. And I'm not a person that goes, you know, the old stuff's better. I, I listen to tons of music. And and I believe if you can't find music now at like your age, you're just doing it wrong. Yeah. There are wonderful bands. Yep. Every day I hear something cool where I'm like, this is cool. Um, but it really was like, I was like, whoa, I watched hair metal just die alternative music mm. which is so funny i've had to explain what alternative is to my kids and it's really hard to explain i'm like oh um but anyways i i lived right through that exciting time where it was like nirvana changed the world you know yeah. and as cliche as that is it was right in my pocket so i'll say lithium by nirvana
cliche, but true. So how big, <laughs> when you saw them, how big was the venue? And like, what was it? Nevermind tour or was it like in Europe? It was or? A, a one-off. I think it was like, it was probably in utero time. It was a, it was a benefit show at the Cow Palace. Okay. Um, that's a venue in South San Francisco, um, kind of near where the 49ers used to play. Okay. Uh, and it was, it was for Bosnian rape victims. And so it was Nirvana, the Breeders, the Disposable Heroes of Hip Hopercy, this hip hop group, you know? Okay. They would take like these crazy like Jamaican drums and put saws in them and it shot sparks into the crowd, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and L7 played as well. Wow. Uh, so it was this really cool benefit. And I remember going to that show for the first time and I was like, there's some weird ass people here. Like I wasn't ready. Like this is a different kind of... You know, like when a band gets big and then it gets super big yeah. and then it like brings out all these strange people. Um, but it was pretty cool. Kind of interesting. Um, were you living in the city at the time or you were still at Par- in paradise? No, no, we would, we would drive down from paradise. Yeah. Like so three or four. it would be even more weird to see. Yeah. Oh, I was out of my element, you know, like yeah. I didn't even know where to go. Um, but and we, I would drive three hours, no sweat for a show and then drive three hours home after a show too, because I was so excited because you can't see bands up in paradise, you know? Yeah. They're not, they're not stopping there. Yeah. They're not stopping there. So you go to uni and then you end, you end up in San Francisco. Yeah. What, yes. Like, why did you just like, yeah, not that there's anything wrong with it, but why did you decide so to stay so close to home? Like why not LA or why not New York or Philly or something? I just wasn't smart enough or adventurous enough. I've always been a little bit scared. And my parents, they never really were like, you got to do this thing. Like yeah. I tell my kids now, I'm like, you got to do it. You got to, you feel scared. You got to go. Yeah, okay. You just got like, and, and, and they, they never did that for me, which is not their fault. It was just like, they just wanted, I mean, I even got really good grades when I was in high school and um, intermediate school. Like I could have went to like a really good college, but I wasn't, I just wasn't ready. Yeah. I mean, I had like a 4.0 and um, I'm a lot dumber now, but when back then I was, you know, and I was from a small town. So they're like, we could have taken this bumpkin and put him in some cool college, you know, but I just wasn't, I just wasn't on it enough in the same way about being in a band was I didn't start a band till I was like in my late twenties. Yeah. I mean, that is weird, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's strange. And so I just didn't figure those things out. Um, and so that is, that is why I didn't go everywhere. I just was like, okay, the Bay Area, I kind of know it. It's, it's interesting enough. There is music there. Um, and so maybe I could get a job in music there and just see what happens. So earlier on, you touched on about how you, we talked about, you know, the internship and the application to get to yeah. work for fat. Yeah. I'm so keen to hear this story. So tell me how it all it's works. So because like as a, as a, you know, a kid who's younger than you, but like lived, grew up living through, like my pivotal music was Fat Records and Epitaph and all yeah. that stuff. That, the, the California, that sound, like the concept of working there is just mind-blowing. So like yeah, take me through it. So we would talk to the lab- – you'd talk to labels when you worked at your college radio station so you get to know your label rep, you know? Okay. yep. And so we just started liking the Fat Bands and we would put on shows um, in Chico, like we'd promote shows. Like Good Riddance came to play, Strung Out came to play. Um, I remember Lifetime came to play okay. too. They weren't on Fat, but it was like kind of a thinking back on it now. I was like, that's kind of cool that you know Lifetime came from the East Coast to yeah. play our little 
cruddy town yeah. and the shows would be great. They'd be like 300 people, um, packed and fun. And, and we would promote the shows and we would make our own, you know, radio spots for them, you know, like we were like a real radio station or something. Yep. Um, and so that's how I kind of got the relationship with them. And then after college, I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I'll just move to the city and I'll intern at live one Oh five, the big radio station and I'll intern at fat and see what happens. But when I, <laughs> when I went to fat for the first time, I, I went in to like say hi, they said, come by, we'll talk about it. And when I went in there, Chris Dodge was there and I, he was a uh, general manager of fat for a while. He's in that band. He was in that band spaz. He did slap a ham. Yeah. Yeah. Slap a ham. He was in, now he's in a band called the Trappist, I think. And he writes the, uh, he writes a beer column in decibel magazine. Well, okay. he's just like a well-known, like power violence yeah. kind of, um, not cool. Yeah. Uh, but he was the general manager. So I went in, I was like, you know, hi, I'm Jason. I'd like to intern. He's like, okay, cool. Um, I was like that, that, what do you like? Do you want my resume or something? He's all, nah, when do you want to, when do you want to come? I was like, I I don't know. Two weeks. That you're supposed to tell me that. So that, so he was like, yeah, you can be an intern. I was like, okay. And I don't know if I just drove back home to paradise or what. But then Wait, the first were they applying? Was there a like was there a street press yeah. ad, or did you just turned up and thought I'll oh, just roll the dice? Just roll the dice. Yeah. Okay. Once you get when when I saw how the music industry worked behind the scene, I was like, oh my gosh, this is real. <laughs> yeah. The trippy part is, is my older daughter. She's a fashion model, and um, the modeling industry is so funky. It is like, it reminds me of the music industry. I'm like, this is messed up. Yeah. And because, and like just the, the daily HR violations, you know, just like, I mean, she's smart and she has like a, you know, she can like navigate herself. But I was like, man, this is not right. This is not right. This is not right. Yeah. But it reminded me so much of the music industry. So I was like, damn, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the next time when I came back to, to, to start my first day at FAT, I walked in and there was a different general manager. It was this guy, Jeff. And he, um, he, he actually ran a label um, a long time ago called Skeen records. And I think green day put out some stuff on there. Okay. And, um, uh, you know, that guy, Fred Armisen, yep. that was on Saturday night. Saturday night Live. Live. He yeah. was in Portlandia. Yeah. Portlandia. He was in this band called trench mouth and Jeff had put out his record. So he, he was kind of like a well-known, you know, um, label guy. I was like, Hi, I'm I'm Jason. I talked to a different man that said to come back today. Tin turn. He was like, "Cool." I was like, "Okay." Do do I start? He's like, "Just go go start working." I was like, "Well, I'm in." And he's like, "Yeah, that's fine. Just start doing some stuff over there, like stuff in envelopes." And that was it. And <laughs> and it was so like, I was just like, "Okay, man." And I just it was so loose. It's a little more tight now, you yeah, know? Yeah. But it was just so like, man, you could have let anybody just in here to murder all of you people, you yeah. know? like Or just back their car up and throw, you know, load it up and off they go. Just so trusting. Yeah. But that's what it is. It's kind of like a family. And and then I just started, I, I interned and I like stuffed envelopes and I wrote out concert posters, you know, show posters, yep. like, and sent them out to venues. And then I eventually worked my way up. I worked in the mailroom. Um, 
I worked with Floyd. Yep. Uh, and I'm sure you know Floyd. Everyone yes. knows Floyd. Meeting Floyd like blew my mind. I'd never met someone so interesting. And he's like a friend to this day. He's also another person that's kind of important, like in musical journey. Is he one he of the showed, five? Yeah. Yep. He, he showed me like these bands. I was like, I've never heard of any of this stuff. Like crazy maximum rock and roll, obscure bands, uh, you know, and he, he, I was like, Oh, there's another world, you know? Yeah. So it was kind of cool. Like to meet someone so different from me. And he's like a lifetime friend. I see him all the time, you know, it's a good guy. Awesome. So just mailroom. Do you, do you, how long, do, I mean, you know, how long's a piece of string, but like, is there a graduation process from becoming an intern to actually on the books, having a role and that kind of thing? Yeah, but it's real. It was real unofficial. You know, yeah. I just worked as much as I could. And I, and I, if you like what you're doing too, I'm like, I love rock and roll and I like propaganda and I, I want to work. I want to do, I'll, I'll work anytime you want me to work. I'll do as much as you want. I'll yeah. never leave if you want. And so within like about a year or so I got hired, you know, to be in the mail room or maybe a little over a year. And I was kind of, I was working there and at live one Oh five. And I also had another job, like a real money job, you yeah. know? Um, and it just got to be so much that I was like, I got to pick one of these. And I, I picked fat. Yep. Um, just because live one Oh five was like, I was on the street team or whatever, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to graduate up into, you know, the ranks unless yeah. you put in a lot of time. Um, but I had some great experiences there too. And I kind of saw, it, it was also the time in music too, where like being on a major label is like the devil yeah. and big radio stations were so evil. And it's just like looking back on that, it's like insane, you know? Um, like when bands now, like when I have to explain to someone, they're like, so wait a second, like a big company wanted to give you money to make <laughs> your music. And you said F you to those guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mind blowing now. No mind-blowing like music's a gift like you should have taken everything and ran but it was so taboo you know which is so dumb yeah i mean it's it's what it's it was the i guess it was the concept the you know that was what everyone thought and yeah yeah it's yeah even even to that like i'm not sure if you keep abreast of kanye west but like he's just had a spout of he's yeah i saw that yeah came out and pissed on a Grammy or something yes. fucking bizarre like that. <laughs> I saw that. And, you know, still complaining about what everyone's complaining about years ago. So nothing yeah. changes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes, contracts are bad. Music, you know, like, but what a, you're a bajillionaire and you can play music anytime you want. Like, what more could you want, you yeah, know? That's it. Sick. So what, like, what were the fat bands and, like, the, the what were the new bands you were kind of gravitating? What kind of sound preach your ears because fat like you know people say blah 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 the fat sound it's it's in my opinion it's it's not really a thing but people it's, just yeah, love it's it. not a thing. yeah what what kind of bands what, what, when you first started working there kind of what bands was were you were grab were you gravitating towards i mean i love propaganda i like lag wagon i love good riddance like i love good riddance so much that we get offered to play shows with them all the time. And I was like, yep, every time. Yeah. I'm like, where are you going? I'm like, I don't care. Let's yeah. get, just because I can watch Good Riddance. And they have so many good songs. If you really think about song structure and melody and yep. like very good songwriters, you know? So I really like them. Um, I, of course, you know, like No Effects and, and all those bands. And I don't know, I was just happy to, to be there. I mean, I love Propaganda. That's like 
still a band that all the guys in Western addiction love and, you know, respect, but that was happening when I, when I started there, me first and the gimme gimme's were really happening. Okay. It was right. like the start of that. And it was also right before the collapse of the music industry where I remember that when, when downloading and Napster started to happen, it was like, Oh, things are different. Yeah. Sales are different. You know, like bands are like, you could really feel something really bad on the horizon. And I kind of like lived through all that. Wow. Yeah. So you were working like, so I listened to a lot of fat Mike interviews and that kind of thing. Not that there's that many available, but like, I remember him saying, like, he said to everybody, we need to take a pay cut or we can't do this. Like, you were part of that, like, that wave of... I was before that. Okay, right. Uh, but I but I know the people that that did happen to. Yeah. Okay. And, I mean, the, the staffs just shrink. It's inevitable. Like, I mean, even people that were, like, lifetime music people are kind of, like, taking music off the internet. I'm like, you're killing yourself. You're killing us. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, I don't it's weird to look back at that. Like CDs used to be like between 16 and $22. Like get out of here. Like, yeah. of course people would start stealing that stuff. You're ripping people off, yep. you know? Yep. Hand over um, fist. Yeah. And so, but it was, it was frustrating because it was like, this is happening and I like this. And, and even when bands like against me signed, we're like, Whoa, this is like, we, we could have a shot to be like sub pop or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we got this, this band and they're going and this is exciting. You know, like we thought we were building something and making something. And so it was kind of tough to take like some of that era, you know? Cause like uh, when they signed a fat, that was about the time that downloading took off. Like when they did Eternal Cowboy. Yeah. Like around that time it started to get, uh, you know, trouble, but, there, there's some bands when you can just feel like the the go, like yeah. they're going yep. and we can be a part of this going. And that was really exciting to me as like a young person. Like, I mean, you, you, usually when you're a young person, you're talking about any old band, even if they're crappy, you're like, you got to listen yeah. to these guys. They're great. <laughs> like, oh, I probably said the dumbest stuff, but with against me, it was different. I was like, there's something happening, you know? Yep. And I could feel that. And I wanted it to happen and go and get big. Um, and they, they did all right for themselves. They you did know? pretty well. Yeah. yeah. So what's a what's a song that kind of puts you time and place for that part of that part of your life? Is it probably going um, or is there something else? Sure. Let's do it's really it's like the gimmies. Okay. Is, right. is like a, a, it, it like is burned in my brain as as like when I first started working there, when I was stuffing envelopes, I'm like, oh, here's the five guys from these bands. It was on Have a Ball, you know? Yep. And I was stuffing these envelopes. So I was like, oh, this is this is happening. This is kind of taking off too. And that is what I remember from, I mean, I of course have all these, you know, propaganda songs I love and I worship them, but yep. the gimmies is what really reminds me of of the times we had there. And in that time, it was, it was really fun. There was all these parties. There was... Um, like Fat took me to Hawaii for the first time. Okay. Um, oh, when Gimme Gimme was toured there? Yeah, it was yeah. so fun. I'd never been to Hawaii. Okay. And I, you know, I'm like 25 or something. And I'm like, that's kind of exciting. Yeah. And we go to bowling and, and my wife would come with me. And it was just like a fun, like friendship family. It was just a different time whether, where we were all together just trying to figure it out and, and make, you know, make these bands happen. Awesome. It was fun, yeah. Oh, Gimme Gimme is one of those ones that you can – um. Like, I can show my parents, 
and like they yeah. won't, they won't love it. They sure as shit won't love it. But if we were driving in a car, you could put it on because they they recognize the melodies and you know they kind of they toler- they definitely tolerate it. Yeah, which is, yeah. Which is a great. They know way. the songs. Yeah, get them. Across. They know John Denver. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they know Paul Simon's. Yeah. So what? Yeah. What song? Yeah. Any of those are fine. Country okay. Roads is fine. Fuck Any yeah. of those. Boxer, I like all those. I remember hearing Spike used to sing in the back warehouse when he was shipping boxes. And I was like, this guy's voice is crazy. You know, like it's insane. And he does have a fantastic voice, you know? Um, He, he sings all the backups on no effects records and on the dwarves records. You can hear it. Yeah. Right. I didn't know about the dwarves. There you go. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. He's like the secret gun for both of them. Listen to any dwarves records. It's Spike in the back. (laughs) Fuck, That's awesome. Yeah. Sick. You, you said you don't work at Fat anymore, but you, what do you do? If you don't mind me asking, like if it's not getting too deep, like what do you do for work now? And then for, how, and for, how does that juggle with playing in a band? Like 
you know, you said you started a band when you were 29. Telling people you're playing a band when you're 25 or like even earlier than that is kind of can be a weird thing when you're working a proper job. Oh, it's weird. Yeah, how do you it's... turn 29 and start telling people, oh, I'm going to band practice tonight oh. my first band? How does that all pan out? It's so weird. Um, <laughs> so uh, the job I have now is I work at a big branding agency. Okay. Like an, like, it's like an advertising agency, but it's, it's for branding. Um, and I name things. So, so I'm a namer. I name products and services and companies. Um, and when I stopped working at Fat, I kind of, it was a weird transition because I, I was like, I want to try to, to get a professional job. And I know that sounds so weird, but it's like the music industry is so flaky and you get tired a little bit of people like, I'm sorry, I missed the interview. I was, you know, I was high. I was like, dude, what? <laughs> there's, there's all these, like I worked after I worked at mail order at fat. I, you know, I graduated into like working on radio and retail and, like one night I got um, Fat Mike an hour on Live 105 and like an hour to do whatever he wants. Right. Do what, call in and or actually visit there and play whatever he wants? Be at the station, play what he wants. That's like one hour on a major media outlet that is CBS yep. to do whatever you want. And I was like, I called in, you know, I like listened on the radio and I'm waiting and, and he – and he's not showing up and the DJ is talking about it. And I, I'm like, Mike, what are you doing? Where, where? He's like, eh, I didn't feel like it. <laughs> it's like, dude. <laughs> Which is kind of like, you can't control him. He does what he wants, you know? But I was like, they're waiting, like right now. Why are you there? And they're like, so I had to call into the radio station and do the interview, um, which no one wanted to hear from me, you know? But it was just like, <laughs> things like that again and again. I was like, I think I want a professional job. So a lot of um, rockers end up at advertising agencies or branding agencies. Um, So the first place I went to work at after fat, they're actually the most famous um, naming agency in the world. They named like Pentium and Swiffer and Blackberry and um, Scion and all these humongous brands. And I just happened into it. And the reason why they hired me was because they like to hire people that are not in their world. Okay. And, they, and they, they're like, oh, you worked in the music industry? They're all, did you write these lyrics? And did you make up these words in these songs? I'm like, yeah. And, and so that, like I backed into like a career that made sense for what I was already doing in a weird way. You yeah. know what I mean? And then they can kind of mold you to how they need it. How yeah. They need so, to- but, but thinking back, I'm like a person that's stuck right in the middle. Like I'm half organized and I'm a half space cadet. (laughs) So, so it's like, if I'm leading the van, the the band, I'm like driving the van, I'm doing an interview. I'm telling the guys to get up. I'm writing the song. So I'm kind of like stuck in this weird, like middle world. And so that kind of works at agencies where they need people that are like a little bit dreamer and a little bit like on it, you know, Yeah, that makes sense. Um, And then after I worked there, I worked, at a big gigantic advertising agency um they did like got milk and all that stuff you know um in san francisco it's called goodby silverstein okay and then after that i went to this other big branding agency and um the agency i work at now they're famous for um the the founder of it um designed the nba logo wow um and a bunch of other stuff really interesting guy 
Um, yeah. And so just, I name weird stuff every day. <laughs> that's, that's the most amazing, like the kind of job where you're like, well, someone has to do it, but how is it a paid job? It's we yeah. sometimes I can't believe it. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, I cannot believe that this is a money job. Yeah. But then it's it's strange though. You it's it's like any kind of imposter syndrome where you're like, should I even be here? Do yeah. I deserve to be here? But then I'm showing like a person that works at a bank, I'm like, you can't think of this on your own. And they're like, nope. But I was like, <laughs> it's, it's but it makes sense. Set. Yeah. I don't ask them like how to run their damn bank yeah. or like, let me tell you about finance. Yeah. So, like I I don't know what to do. So there is like a need, you know, like you'd be really surprised at how like people don't think that they're creative people, but everyone in the world is, they just don't, it's not unlocked in the right way. Um, And actually my job is to train the namers and train people to like think in new ways so they don't think of the same things every day. Um, So it's like a weird, weird job. Yeah. I'm not going to, but I'd love to pick your brain on that because you can, it's It's weird. It's just, it's fucking amazing. It's, it's, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it it floored me. Yeah, that kind of th- yeah. So, t- what what at twenty nine made you go? Yeah, I'm gonna waste my time playing in a band. <laughs> so so when you work at a record label, you have to go see a million bands. So I would I've seen thousands and thousands and thousands of bands, and even working for the radio station too. I I mean I saw some amazing shows. Like I saw David Bowie twice. I saw Morrissey. I even saw weird people I would never see, like Sarah McLaughlin. Yep. Like, why would I ever go see Sarah McLaughlin? Um, but I saw all these shows, and it was really cool. And I was at um, Bottom of the Hill, this venue in San Francisco, and I was just watching this one band, and I don't know if it was a fat band or not. And I was just like, you know, and it's, you know, like 2.39 in the morning, yep. and I work the next day. I'm like, I'm, I don't want to watch another band. I, I think I could do. I think I could do what they're doing. You know, like, it's just like the punk thing where they're like, it's like, like the guy on Turned Out of Punk, Damien always says, it's your job to invent the culture. He's like, anyone can do, he's right. If you have drive and you care, I mean, it does help if you have like some talent. I don't, but I have like great drive, you know? Um, So it's like, I could try this thing that they're doing. I can play a little guitar, you know? And so the next day at work, I just, somebody is like, that guy over there plays drums and it was Chad, our drummer now. And I was like, Chad, do you, do you want to like, it was so awkward. I'm, I was like, do you want to yeah. like, I guess, man, it was like me asking him on a date, you know, yeah. it was just yeah. so like, I didn't know what to say. It was like, I play guitar a little bit. Would you want to play sometime? He's like, yeah, man. And it's funny when you find the right people. Cause you think no one would want to do this. Even now, like there's grown men in my band with jobs. Yeah. And I was like, what makes these grown men come back all the time? Mm. And it's because they love rock and roll and they love making music and you get a little charge from it. And so it's like, do grown men have to do this? No. Is it economically smart? It is not. It is like one of the dumbest things I've ever done economically, but it doesn't matter, you know, because it's like, there's this thing that it's like, you get this bot, you know, like this charge from, from playing music. Yeah. Um, So that's how Western addiction started. And then Chad and I played together and then um, my friend Tyson, uh, Chicken, he's in Dead to Me. Yep. Um, he just needed something to keep his time, you know, like keep busy. Uh, and so he's all play with you guys, you know, until you find somebody. And then he just stuck around. Yeah. And then our other friend Ken that worked there as well, Ken um, was in in Enemy You, this other band. He's like, yeah, I'll play with you. Why not? And then it just people just kind of stuck around. Yeah. It was pretty cool, you know. And 
we started getting some good shows and, and, and then we got signed by fat, which was a complete surprise. I never even thought about that, which is so stupid thinking back on it. Um, I, we just made a demo and I passed them out at work. I'm like, look at this thing we made. Yeah. And, and I thought the coolest thing in the world was to make a seven inch. And I was like, okay, let's make a seven inch. Still is like, it still is it, the coolest thing in the world. It still is kind of. Yeah. And I passed it out. And then, and then Mike sent me this weirdo email and he's always like, so it's really hard to read him. Cause you can't tell like his emotions. And it's like, Hey, I love these songs. Want to sign you. I was like, get out of here. I go, don't mess with me right now. You know, like I'm working and he was, he was serious. I was like, are you, what are you talking about? He's like, I don't know. I like it. I think it sounds endearing to him. Cause we were like sloppy and old and off time. And I, it honestly like feels like LA punk where it's like, this is a mess, yeah. but it's kind of got like the energy and the grit and people and these guys are, I mean, I'm just screaming my face off, but I'm off time. And I think if he might've found that endearing. And so that's how it kind of just happened. That's fantastic. It's weird. Yeah. I remember again, hearing an interview with him saying that you got, he took you guys to Japan and while you're in Japan, fat fell apart because no one was working there. Like, yeah, we actually got offered to go to Europe earlier too oh, right. with Lagwagon, okay. yeah. and Aaron said no, and that's fine because like half of the staff was leaving, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's like, you, you dummies can't all go to yeah. you know Europe right now. You can't it's like a holiday at the same time. time. Yeah. So, but then Mike did take us to Japan, and that was a really fun trip. And we probably shouldn't. I mean, we were not ready to go, but he was generous, and we did it. And even like playing with the real the real Mackenzies were on that tour too, and. Um, those guys are such a trip like really interesting people their old guitarist Mark I, I really like him and he was a friendly guy but they're like drinking you know um, whiskey in, in the morning and uh, the first night they, they got in a fight and came off stage and they fought in the dressing room naked they were fight well, like grown men like fighting themselves fighting like physically fighting nude like <laughs> like they had gotten upset on stage because Paul, the singer had had too many drinks and they, he's, they get naked sometimes. And then after that, they stormed off stage and like, you're too drunk. You're too drunk. And then just crazy prison fight. And I was like, this is, I, I'm not ready for any of this, you know, like, (laughs) but it was, it was fun and really interesting. And our guitarist, Ken, he's Japanese. So when we're in Japan, he takes care of us. It's so great. Yeah. He gets us into places you can't get into, you know? That's fantastic. So pretty cool. You've done three full lengths. Yep. What was there a when you started the band? Was there a um, was there a game plan, or was it just like, let's I've got these riffs, let's kind of work it out and go from there? Or you're like, no, we want to make this band that sounds like early this and da 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 da. Like, no. yeah, I didn't even know what would come out of my body. Yeah, and right. that sounds so weird. And it's funny because people kind of compare us to like Black Flag or TSOL. Yeah. The first time I heard, there's this one band called Articles of Faith yep. from Chicago. Yeah. When I heard Articles of Faith, I was like, whoa, this dude sounds just like me. Yeah, but, yeah. but I'd never heard them. But for some reason, like late 80s hardcore comes out of my body. Okay. And I, I never thought like, I mean, I of course like aggressive punk music, but I never thought... <clears throat> the style. I never thought about anything. I just do what I could. And, and I wasn't even the singer in the beginning. We tried to find singers. Um, that did not work out. Yep. And we tried to find a bass player did not work out. And eventually Chad just like, can you just sing some of this stuff? I'm like, 
I don't know how to sing, but I'll, I can yell. Yeah. And I didn't know, I can yell pretty loud. And I didn't know that about like myself. Um, I'm not like bragging or anything, but it was just like, if the one thing I can do, I can, you know, I can scream out a candle from like a hundred yards away. Like <laughs> that's a good talent, which is okay. It's something, you know, cause I can't sing great. And I, and I, you know, but it's something I can offer the band and it, that, so it just happened like that. Yeah. That's fantastic. So we kind of, we talked about like, you know, I, I mentioned before we hit record that, um, I'm going to blank on the song. Uh, what's the last track? Oh, fuck. I'm so bad with that. Oh, um, oh, the on tremulous. Are, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are. Your life is precious. Your life is precious. Yeah, sorry. Yes. So on your life is precious. That's that's a bit of a turn. And like there are there are moments of taking a, like taking a roll of the dice. Like um in on the new album, uh, is it Roses Hammer two? Yeah, You've got that. Like dare I say mariachi? I don't know if it's actually considered mariachi, but there's that like middle breakdown bit oh, yeah like yeah. which is fucking incredible like what where yeah. is that kind of influence coming from i mean now i'm not scared to do anything yeah. now now i do everything i i listen to a lot of different styles of music too and i bring those into western addiction they just they go through the western addiction machine and they just spit out something you know gross and weird but like we i'm open to any style and so the, those things just come from well, your life is precious is, is is different, and we can talk about that. But the new record, there's like so so yeah. So Lurchers, the fourth song on the record, that's a country western song. Like if you listen to classic country western, um, they just have these great chord progressions, and there's these great vocal melodies because they follow these great chord progressions. Um, and so like that's a country song in there's a part in Rose's hammer one. That's like, it's like a black metal tremolo picking. Yep. Yep. Um, Tony came up with that. And some of the dudes in the band hate black metal and, but Chad and I really love it. Yep. Um, And so Tony's like, I I got this kind of cool thing I'm going to do. It's like really like fast tremolo picking for that. I was like, okay. And I just look at Chad. I'm like, that's black metal dude and i'm like don't say anything just don't say anything yeah, don't but it is yeah <laughs> it's it's the same as if like a dude's playing like a bluegrass thing and it's like yep. or like a like somebody you know like a black metal dude doing like super fast tremolo picking so that's in there and then there's in in some of the songs there's like viola um darius from swing and others came and played viola and violin and, yeah right okay and um and there's tambourine in some of it I like to keep it at a minimum, though. I don't like when you you get a record by a band and they're like, "Oh crap, they discovered every instrument that yeah. ever happened." And so it's like, "What are they doing?" Yeah, there's too much stuff. Um, so you only have to do a tiny bit, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, just to let and, people know. Yeah, just to, well, it's like little. It's like salt and pepper or something. Yeah. It's like tiny dashes of of interesting things. Um, even in like um, in Lurchers, there's also like uh, I think it's like a Moog. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. the keyboard synth. Yeah, they're just like tiny dashes of like. I got to be careful too, because if it's like too like weird Devo noises, Chad starts to get grumpy. He's yeah. like, "What is this? It sounds like an Atari." I'm like, "Just trust me, dude. It's gonna be great." Yeah. 
I'm more open to everything. The guys are not as open, but, um, but I just listen to everything. I listen to death metal. I listen classical music plays in our house every single day. I listen to, there's like a vibrant country scene that's happening. And I don't mean like Carrie Underwood or Keith Urban, like those are fine, but that's, that's pop music, you know? Um, but there's like, I listen to this one radio station. It's called KEXP and it's in Seattle in, in, you know, the United States and in in Washington, they have a show called swing indoors. And that is like the best country show. And it's like, if you listen to country music, it's like, like, this is all really good melodies and like cool picking stuff. Like who wouldn't like it's, it's rock and roll, you know? And so, um, and a friend of mine, he does this show called walking the floor. Oh yeah. yeah, Um, Yeah. And he, um, so he interviews all these cool people and he's like one of my only country friends too. So I'm like, Chris, have you tried, like I text him, like you tried this guy, try this guy, or you got to interview this guy. Um, I don't have many country friends. So that's fair enough. Just, so when you, yeah, when you get one, you cling on to them. Yeah. I just text Chris and hopefully he writes me back. Um, so I just try to take all these things and, and pop them through Western diction. And I really like songwriters. I like, I like Rhett Miller from old 97s. I like Stuart um, Murdoch from Bell and Sebastian. I like Morrissey. I like Paul Simon. It, it doesn't matter the genre. It's there are these, these, these magic elements that they're built into songs. And I try to find those people from all the worlds. And so that's how they make it in um, to the Western addiction songs. Um, Your life is precious was slightly different. It was, a, it was a faster song, Okay, but um, actually I really have to credit um, chicken Tyson from dead to me. He played with bass on the last record before we got our new bass player, Mitch. Um, He's like, what if we slowed this down a little bit more? And we, we tried it as like a weird, like, like, like a country, like lope or something, like a, like a gallop or something. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's kind of interesting. And so we kind of all worked on it together. It's really cool that we worked on that together too, because the songs about our friend David who passed and, and, and chicken's a great friend with him. Ken chicken was in dead to me. I mean, um, enemy you and Ken was in, is in enemy you. And it was like this really cool, like family song that came together. I don't know. I, it, kind of turned out kind of powerful and yeah, it has San Francisco footage. I'm pretty proud of that song. Um, I don't know. It just turned out kind of interesting, but I was scared because it's a slow song and like, mm. how am I ever going to sing this? You know, yeah. but it just happened. And like to the point where th- like it's slow and it's, it, it builds, but the vocals are there from the start. So like yeah. you know, you've got to like as a as a vocalist, you've got to kind of carry this on the whole way through. Without it was scary, much, yeah. Without much kind of behind you to like, to, well, to hide behind, yeah. Yeah, it's really like naked, and and yeah, I'm not a great a singer, but I was like, I want to try this thing, and the guys were cool with it. Actually, for Frail Bray, I brought this one slow song in, and we tried it together once, and it just was not happening. Okay, and that's okay. But it was like, I, I, I got this song. I think it's pretty cool. We try it. We tried it. It just wasn't working. And, and we're good about like bailing songs. If the guys are just like, I don't know, man. And it's only happened like, tw- you know, three times. We just throw them away. Yep. Actually, I gave that song to my friend James. Um, <laughs> he's in against me. Yep. And I was like, James, you want a song, man? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. so, because he can really sing. Like, he's yeah. a great singer yeah he is like the secret weapon of that band if you listen to his he like is, i don't he know is the secret source yeah i don't know anyone that can sing like him like it's it's pretty extraordinary mm. but he's such a humble cool person that he doesn't like brag about it 
but I'm like, dude, you are like the secret sauce in the, in, in against me. It's like, you can sing. I've never heard anybody sing like you, you know, yep. it's so I'm hoping he'll sing it one day. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cause I want to hear it sang good, you yeah. know? Yeah. No, that completely makes sense. Yeah. Mate, unless there's anything else you want to talk about, I've had a fucking blast. Like, I've had yeah. a fucking fantastic time. Um, and I really appreciate it. Like, I really appreciate Vanessa for kind of putting some contact with each other. And I really appreciate you spending your time on a, yeah. on a Thursday evening. Yeah. No, I'm down. Thanks. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah. Is there, is there, before we kind of probably sign off, where, like, and, you know, I know your. You know, you mentioned it, but on your previous, you know, having a conversation with you, that your musical taste is just insanely broad. Yeah. Pick, you know, can you pinpoint a song that sums up you, twenty twenty? Right now. Yeah, right now. Like, yeah. and it can be anything. It can be a throwback. It can be something you've discovered from a while ago. It can be something released yesterday. Like, what have you got? I'll tell you this funny story. Oh, please do. Um, so, so the band's called Spirit Possession. Okay. Their, their record just came out, um, and this song is, let me see, it's got this crazy title. <laughs> it's called, uh, hold on, I'm trying to click on the title, but it's so damn long I can't even see it. It's called like Deity of Knives and Pointed Apparitions or something. like Fantastic. Crazy. Yeah. So it's like really chaotic black metal. Um, the funny thing is, is, I was just reading about this band the other day and I was like, I like this band. And then it kind of, sometimes you can't find any information about black metal bands. Cause it's like too mysterious. I'm like, ah, yeah. I, I can't find anything. It's just like a dude in a cloak. What, how am I supposed <laughs> yeah. to like this? So I was reading their, 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 like the former bands that the, whoever this guy is. And he was in this other band called mastery. And it's like this, this other like really chaotic black metal band from San Francisco. And one time I was in the record store in Amoeba Records in San Francisco. It's like the best record store, like one of my favorite record stores. And I'm, I just come off work and I'm dressed like a total square. You know, um, I don't look like a rocker. I just look like a guy, you yeah, know, just a dad. And so just like a, I just look like a normal, boring dad. Yeah. And so I'm in the black metal section and I'm kind of look, looking through things. And the, the metal dude is there and I held up the mastery record. I'm like, hey, man, have you listened to this? And he goes, I have. That's my record. And I was like, what do you mean? I go, like, you're in charge of this section? He goes, that is my band. I'm like, so I just I just recommended your own record to you? He's yeah. like, you sure did, dude. I'm like, this is tight. You did a good job. So anyways, the guy that did that band, Mastery, and it's got like this blue cover and like this weird like devil dog thing. And it's just, the music is crazy. Like it, it makes you feel like madness. Yep. Like I'm, it might be mad. Yep. Um, he is this, I think he is the guy that does spirit possession. And so it was like, no wonder I like this. And then the other day, Chad sent me the link. He's like, Hey dude, you'll like this. It's messed up. And I listened to it and my, I'm like, this is crazy. It's crazy. And I do like it. And so that's like one of my new favorite, like black metal it's got riffs too. Like I like when black metal has like some rock and roll riffs in yep. there, you know? Yeah. And, and I also like when it's recorded well, because why not? Why not record well now? Yeah. You're like a ripping metal player and you've dedicated your whole life to the guitar and you're going to like record your, your record in a garbage can. Like don't do that. Yeah. Record in a good studio and yeah. I want to hear the riffs, you know? And that's yep. what this is. Let people yeah. hear the, yeah, the song and the 
construction and the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. So that is me in 2020. <laughs> is is it the same guy? Is it the Marshall guy? It's the same dude. It is. Right. Fantastic. I almost thought about sending him a note. I'm like, this guy will never remember me. It's like, you're that butthole that was in here recommending my own dumb record to me. Put it this way, but if someone, if you're working in a record store and someone picked up Frail Bray and said, do you know about this? Like, if you like, you'd remember that conversation for twenty years. I love it. Like, he, I, I he will love remember it. you. You should hit him up. I, I, I actually sometimes I do reach out to people. I feel weird. Like, I'm like, this is what like a teenager does. But there's been a. I, I actually on that country show I was telling you about. There's this other guy. His name is Jesse Daniel, and he put out this record. I'm like, this is a good record. And they're like, this guy's from the Bay Area. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm gonna DM him on Instagram, and I sent him a message. And he's and he was an old punk. He's like, oh, I love Fat Records. I love your band. And I'm like, how is this possible that these yeah. two worlds are coming together? And so you're right. I do like when people reach out. Usually after the show, sometimes little kids come up and, and want to meet meet you, you know? And they're so nervous to meet me. I'm like, dude, listen, be nervous for like Bono. Do yeah. not be nervous <laughs> yeah. for this. And they're so stoked, and it's kind of cool. Like, I really like that part. And since I'm a dad, I know how that feels. Yeah. I'm like, you should meet the band. You should come talk to me. That's what we're here for. You can do this too, you know?
Oh, got a, dude, have I got a big one coming up at the end of the year for the end of November, which will be the last actual podcast of the year before I do the top tens, my top tens of the year, which come out December. Oh, it's a fucking banger. It is. It's the yeah, you know. Let stay stay posted. The poor stay poor. The rich get rich. That's how it goes. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that the boat is leaking. Everybody knows the captain lied. Everybody got this broken feeling Like their father or their dog just died Everybody talking to their pockets Everybody wants a box of chocolates And a long stem rose Everybody knows Everybody knows that you love me baby everybody knows that you really do everybody knows that you've been faithful I'll give or take a night or two everybody knows you've been discreet but there were so many people you just had to meet without your clothes and everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows That's how it goes Everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows Calvary uh, to the beach 
in Malibu Everybody knows it's coming upon Take one last look at this sacred heart Before it blows And everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows That's how it goes Everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows